Well, we are coming to the close of uh, summer, and we're coming to the close of our Conversations with Luke sermon series. We're still in chapter 12, beginning with verse 32. And these are words that bring to mind that we are to live our lives expecting the unexpected. That's the nature of life. And the nature of our faith is that we are ready for whatever comes. Would you stand with me as we hear these words of Scripture? Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. We all know the... Uh, the surprise of the unexpected, don't we? No matter how old we are, how young we are, we know the surprise of the unexpected. Back in the early uh, 1980s, I was serving a little church, a very rural area outside of Little Rock. It was a little tiny church, had a small sanctuary about the size of this one section right here, had a few classrooms on one side, and back behind the sanctuary it had a little kitchen and one little room that was the office for the church. It was about 8 by 10, and anything that needed done in an office had to be done in that one little space. Well, it was uh, early summer school had just let out, and it was the first day of vacation Bible school. And we were ready. We had volunteers. Some of them were already gathering. Some of the kids were already showing up. I got there early. I wanted to get the stuff out of the office and set up the tables and register everyone, be ready to go. But something unexpected happened. When I opened the door to the little office, there was a very large angry bird in there. I don't know how it got in there. The window was not open and the ceiling was intact, but there was a very angry bird in that little tiny room. Maybe a parishioner left me a little something-something after the sermon last week. I don't know, but it was there. And I tried to go in, and this bird's attacked, so I slammed the door, and I wait outside. I try again. I open the door. I get in. The bird attacks me. I run out, and I slam the door. I wait till it gets quiet in there. I try it again. Well, by now, there's a crowd gathered to watch me at the door of this little room. 
I don't know if the kids or the adults are having more fun mocking me at this situation. I cannot deal with this bird. And finally, the oldest lady in the church who was there to volunteer with, in the nursery for vacation Bible school looks at me in front of all these people and says, Oh, my God, get out of my way, Barry. And she walks in there and comes out five seconds later with this bird in her hands. It took me years to overcome the blow to my masculinity at this church. How unexpected animal planet moment on the first day of vacation Bible school. I still don't know what she did, but she just walked out with that bird and let it Years later, I served a church that had a preschool, as our church does, and they had these um, uh, aquariums with a variety of little creatures in them that they kept, a snake and hamsters and guinea pigs and hermit crabs and all kinds of things. Well, it's my habit, it has been for 30 years, to get to the church very, very early on Sunday morning before anyone else is there. It's still dark, and I can spend some time preparing myself for worship. Churches are kind of spooky places in the middle of the night when no one else is there. There's all kinds of noises and things. And so I'm in my office and I'm reading my Bible and getting all ready to go. And I hear in the hallway this and I get up and I peek out and nothing's there. It happens again. The third time I get up, I look out and I see a crab going across the hall. And I think, this can't be good. So I go down into this part of the building that had the school, into the room with all the aquariums, and all the tops were off all of them. And they were all empty. An unexpected moment on Sunday morning. There were guinea pigs and hamsters just running everywhere through the church. So I called some people. I said, I'm sorry to wake you up, but you got to round up these critters. I have no delusion I'm a good enough preacher to keep their attention if a guinea pig runs down the center aisle of the church on Sunday. Melody and I for many years owned a, uh, a home in very remote rural Maine. And uh, it was a, a little three-story house. And the basement had uh, the bathroom in it, and the main floor had the kitchen and the living room, and then the upstairs was a bedroom. This little tiny house that's very faddish now. Um, well, one day, one year, between our Christmas visit and our early spring visit, some snakes decided to move into our house. And so we come, and we open the house up, and we spend the day there's nothing quite as unexpected as stepping out of the shower and finding a snake between you and the stairs to get back up into the house. Who knew Melody could be so loud? It was amazing, you know, and know what was going on. Unexpected things. You know, this past year, I've had some really nice unexpected things. Y'all surprised me on my uh, birthday. I've had some wonderful uh, notes and conversations with people over the months of this year. We've even had a few unexpected FaceTime calls from youth when they're on various trips. I think they do it mostly because they know I don't know how to FaceTime and it totally freaks me out when my phone has somebody on it. Good things come 
unexpectedly. But we also know there are a lot of things that come that we don't welcome, that cause us hardship and pain and suffering and loss. And we don't have to have too many birthdays before we realize that that's just the nature of life, isn't it? The unexpected. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Last week, we heard the story in chapter 12 of the rich fool who thought life was only about himself and only about the things that he could count and store in his barns and how he valued his own life that way and everyone else's life that way. And at the end of his life, he had nothing. And Jesus said, don't live like this man. Instead, live life's rich toward God. And then immediately, Jesus starts talking about worry. Don't worry. Don't worry, Jesus says. Look at the ravens of the air and the lilies of the field. They don't toil, they don't worry, and yet they endure and they live. Jesus says, we don't worry because you can't change one thing by worrying. You can't add an hour to your life. Another translation says you can't add an inch to your height. You can't change things by worrying. So if I'm reading along the parable of the rich fool and then reading about worry, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I get this. Count me in. If I live a life rich toward God, everything's going to be smooth sailing. Nothing bad, nothing unexpected. Uh, wrong. That, then it changes to the text we read today. Luke, it seems to me, is trying to tell the disciples by putting Jesus' teaching here in his story that for disciples, we don't worry not because nothing unexpected is going to ever happen to us, but we don't worry because we know the unexpected is going to happen to us. And we live lives that are prepared for the unexpected. We live lives that are ready for whatever life brings our way. Don't worry, Jesus says. Expect the unexpected and be ready. The text uses some images that are lost on us, the practices of first century Jewish weddings, where you never know when they start or stop and you've got to keep your lamps lit and wait for someone to come home or bring the bridegroom. We don't quite get that idea that you could talk about a good relationship between slaves and masters. We don't live with quite that same sense of immediacy that the early church did that this is the day that Jesus is coming back again. But when we read these words, we still hear the truth of the God's word in them that we are to live prepared lives. We are to live lives that are devoted and lives that are watchful. A watchful life 
That means that we live a life that is disciplined through our moral integrity and our, um, our obedient lifestyle to God. We're watchful. We live every day as if Jesus is coming today, as if this is our last day. When I was a teenager, every time I left the house on a Friday night, my mother would say, Barry Earl, don't do anything you wouldn't want Jesus to come back find you doing. She got that from Luke. Be watchful. Be ready. Live your life always at the very best you can live it so that whatever comes, we're ready. To live a devoted life is to live a life that understands that our faithfulness to God is our highest obligation and our first concern in all things. In other words, Jesus is asking the disciples here to live their lives like their commitments matter because they do. They do. One of the way, ways God gives us to live with whatever life comes, to handle the unexpected, is by giving us the gift of each other, the community of faith. It's important to note that Jesus is not talking to someone in a private conversation. It's not one of those moments when Jesus pulls someone aside or someone pulls Jesus aside. Jesus is speaking to all the disciples and telling them to live watchful lives and devoted lives. Live lives like your commitments matter because they do. God gave us each other to get us through this life that's full of unexpected that's why it's so important that we are in place week after week after week worshiping together and studying together and serving together because somebody here needs you to be here. Even when my life might be rolling along just fine, I need to be here. Why? Because there's somebody whose life isn't rolling along fine and you never know if you're the one they're looking for that day that you're the one that they find strength in, that you're the one that they find encouragement to be faithful in the hard times of their life. Jesus says together we can live prepared for whatever life brings our way. Do not be afraid, little flock, Jesus says, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Isn't that beautiful? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We don't have to convince God to care about us. We don't have to coerce God to love us. God has already chosen us. And God has chosen to be with us always. And to walk with us through whatever life brings. It is God's good pleasure to rejoice with us and to weep with us and to continue 
in the journey of faith with us. As disciples, we can become calloused if we don't watch ourselves. We can fall into that place where we only think of unexpected things as being hard things or bad things. It's easy to do. I don't know about you, but it's easy to get overwhelmed nowadays. There's so much bad news. Disease and death and bigotry and violence, hate, division, loss. On a personal level and on a national level, on the world stage, there's so much unexpected things that hit us every day. It's easy to forget that it's not always the bad things that are unexpected in our life. Sometimes the unexpected is a blessing. and Sometimes the unexpected is a gift. For Sun Creek, these last days have had a lot of unexpected stuff. From Ray's death and all that follows that, trying to make sure we had everything ready to continue on being the church we are and mission that we are, to care for each other and to care for his family. A lot of unexpected things happen. But in the midst of all that, early on Saturday morning, when he heard what had happened. I get an email from Steve Wagner, who was a business administrator here at the church. It was long, uh, it was BB time, before Barry. I didn't know him, I've never met him. But he sent me an email and he says, I love Sun Creek and I'm coming. He drove down from Indiana and spent the week with us going through everything, training some people in our church to do certain tasks so that nothing has to stop in our ministry with each other and to the world. That was unexpected. It was beautiful. What a gift in the midst of the hardest week ever. The unexpected gift from God in the love of a person for the church. At the end of the week, on Friday, I had the unexpected joy of going to Frisco to the hospital and seeing our most recently born baby at Sun Creek, Gentry Butler. And to watch that room full of family, four generations, passing that baby around like an offering basket. It was beautiful. And to say a prayer with that family and to bless that little life. Unexpected. It changed so much for me after a long, hard week. So it's a new school year. If you're a student, expect the unexpected. If you're a teacher or administrator or a counselor, expect the unexpected. It's a new chapter in the life of a family with the start of the new school year. Expect the unexpected. All of us, in whatever we do, we can go into this world not consumed with worry, but prepared and expecting the unexpected and having eyes to see and hearts to receive when those unexpected things 
are gifts from God. God gave us each other so we can face anything together. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit,